welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery. And today we're talking about tardigrades. AKA, I made Lindsay watch more Star Trek. She's Trixie, that one. So we are talking about the tardigrades that make a few appearances in the first season of Star Trek Discovery. And um, we are because Lindsay mentioned very briefly, which I don't know if she'll follow through on, that she maybe wants to watch it. So I'm going to try not to be super spoilery about the first season, but we will we spoil will the beginning. We will see how long this goes. Indeed. Yes. If you're looking I've for got, a good time. <laughs> I've got a lot of community that I'm watching with my sister over the phone. Nice. I've got all of Scrubs because they just started that podcast and it's pretty yeah. funny. Um, I've got one more season of The Good Place, depending on when the next season goes up on mm. Netflix. Nice. And then there's the potential, like, you're going to have to decide if you want me to watch Star Trek Discovery or Shit's Creek. So... Shit's Creek. Because <laughs> I know you will like it more. That's fair. <laughs> also, the sun is out, so I'm not watching TV because I'm outside. Fair. On my balcony, where it's safe. No, unrelated to any biology. But if there was any biology in Shit's Creek, then this would be a Shit's Creek podcast because I fell so hard for that show. I know, I was there. I fell so hard and then realized that it was like the final season and then I was really sad. And then basically Lindsay just got to hear about all my feelings. Anyways, before you all have to hear about all my feelings about Shit's Creek, <laughs> um, let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Okay, so... I didn't want to make Lindsay watch too many episodes, A, because time and also, like, otherwise it would be too much to cover. So mm -hmm. we did um, the third and fourth episode of the first season, which is Context for Kings and, oh, I always forget the full name of this one. Um, oh, yeah. The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, which is the longest, strangest title. Um, mm -hmm. Anyways, and so Context is for Kings is the third episode, and then the Butcher's Knife one is the fourth episode. Context is for Kings... Um, there's not much tardigrade in it, but it is when you are first introduced to the Discovery crew and you meet Michael Burnham and you meet all the characters and you figure out like that there's this crazy spore drive thing that they do a lot of hand wavy science around, which yes. not no spoilers, but that never changes. Um, it's all very hand wavy science. And and then the the butcher's knife one is when we actually like see more way more up close and like learn a lot about um, the tardigrade, whose name is Ripper. And then also yeah. because it's the most adorable, um, we watched the uh, the short track Ephraim and Dot, which has um, a tardigrade named Ephraim and Dot, a robot, in an animated form being very adorable. Yeah, they're super cute. So um, if you have not watched Star Trek Discovery, but you just like tardigrades, good job but you should watch Star Trek Discovery. Um, <laughs> okay, so Star Trek Discovery primer. Um, Star Trek Discovery takes place about five years before the original series of Star Trek, and the it takes place on a ship called Discovery, and <laughs> um, Discovery has this crazy thing that's never been seen before in Star Trek called a spore drive, and the spore drive uh, exists on the Discovery, and on one other ship, which is called... The Glen. The which Glen. Which is like... I'm like, what? Well, I think it's for John Glen. Yeah. Okay, but still. Yeah. Like, Discovery, Enterprise, 
the um, Excelsior, I which I only know because of my Babysitter's Club podcast. I'm not a secret Sulu nerd. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and then the Glenn, it's like Luke and Leia. And, I know. Like, we're, it's so ridiculous. It is a little bit out of left field. Yeah. No, there's... There's a mixture of sources of names in Star Trek. Um, so these two ships are part of this like experimental um, spore drive project. And on the Discovery, we have um, Lieutenant Stamets, who's played by everybody's fave, Anthony Rapp. And he's a astromycologist. An he's an angry nerd, and he's also an astromycologist. So he's a space fungus scientist. Um, <laughs> and this spore drive is like... A weird way to travel between distant things at faster than light, but not it's not anything to do with the warp drive. They have the normal Star Trek warp drive with the dilithium crystals and all that. And this is a different one where you basically like jump directly from one place to the next. And we find out, I think mostly in this, that it's sort of through like a alternate dimension that they jump through. I think um, so, because didn't they go when he um when Malfoy's explaining it? Malfoy is um, Captain Lorca. <laughs> yeah. Um, she He sends her to... Didn't he send her to different times? Or did I just... Was imagining that. I know he sent her to different oh, places. No, yeah. But... So he she she's shown images of all these different worlds in the, in the reaction cube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah. So basically they can just kind of like jump to all these different places directly rather than having to go fast. But this is even faster. But... The problem Discovery is having is that it's really um, unpredictable and hard to control. And the problem that the Glen has is um, that they get destroyed because <laughs> they all die. Um, and it, it turns out that they had this tardigrade on it. And Lorca and his uh, like security lackey, uh, Landry, who's awesome. She's a really great character. Um, secretly take the tardigrade named, nicknamed Ripper over to the discovery before the Glen is destroyed. Um, and then, so yeah. And then in the next episode, that's kind of the first episode. And then in the next episode, um, they're trying to do research about like what the purpose of this giant tardigrade is. Um, we should mention that on earth tardigrades are tiny 0.1 to 1.5 millimeters in Star Trek space. The tardigrade is like the size of an actual bear. So, Not how many tiny. tardigrades do you mm-hmm. need to have between you and another person to safely safely distance? <laughs> I'm going to go with one. <laughs> Maybe, well, it depends. Are they standing up or lying down? The small ones. Oh, the, the line, small the, ones. Oh, I can't do that ones. math. <laughs> I know, me after. <laughs> I can't do that but math. But I might make a, a joke about it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, let's do it. Yes, so they're trying to figure out, like, what this tardigrade does and all this stuff and um there's some klingon stuff that we're going to ignore because it has no bearing on this storyline and it's i i didn't like it at the beginning but i ended i liked where it ended up in the episode or no in the in the season yeah no because to me it ends up nowhere in the episode i have no yeah uh, and it and you didn't watch the first two episodes where there's more klingon stuff yeah yeah um and i love laurel the most um but that's a story for another time when we do a Klingon episode. But I can't <laughs> tell you the story about when we went to see Star Trek Two, the new oh, one. Yeah, the second with one with Benny Batch, and yes. the Klingons were there, and Sarah was so mad in the movie theater she just was making huffing noises the they entire were, time. Ugh. Like they that. Just, 
They were so weird. <laughs> Whereas these Klingons <laughs> made sense. Those ones were just weird. Anyways, we won't get on that. Anyways, so they use the spore drive, and then this Ripper goes crazy and seems really aggressive, but um, Burnham, looking at it, realizes that like it doesn't really have the normal like predatory biology structures, I think. Mm-hmm. and so Because it's a tardigrade. It's a tardigrade, and tardigrades like eat single-celled organisms. Um, <laughs> which... But then I guess if you scale that up, who knows what they eat? Basically, it turns out that she takes a canister of the spores from the drive secretly and gives it to the tardigrade. And the tardigrade ripper gets so happy and chill. And the only reason they were aggressive was because they were like needing to be around the spores. And yeah. And then um, they realize that the... Glenn had been using the tardigrade as the like supercomputer to control where the spore drive goes. So then do some very not ethically sound mm. um, science on the tardigrade to basically force it into um, into into the reaction chamber and then force it to do it. And then they all feel really bad about it. And, well, not all of them. Well, no, not all. Burnham and a little bit Stamets feel bad about it. This That part definitely mm-hmm. reminds me of Long Way to a Small Ugly Planet. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. because of the shape of a tardigrade and a Sanat. Um, yes. Well, we're going to talk about that eventually one day, guys, because that oh, man. is the best. The best. Um, but it was kind of the same, like, computer, uh, four-legged, or bi- not bipedal. Um, yeah. Like, eight-pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, animal um, being in charge of telling you where to go kind of thing like kind yeah of yeah yeah totally I hadn't even thought respect. about that that's cool yeah. mm-hmm. um, so and then the Ephraim and Dot is um, the animated short and we just basically see this um, other um, tardigrade sort of like floating around in the mycelial network but near the OG uh, USS, USS Enterprise and then there's like this robot named Dot and they sort of get into hijinks because the robot's trying to keep everything clean and the tardigrade is trying to lay its eggs mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really cute and there's tons of little like easter eggs oh I knew that there was going to be yeah like, I, I had just, to look them up like, because there's so like many like there's stuff going on in the background yeah and it's animated so and there's no sound like there's no yeah there's no dialogue really yeah it doesn't matter and they Uh can just throw in whatever they want yeah and And so this is star trek nerdy things so like this is gonna get yeah and it's it's like from all over like the the original series episodes like the first five years and then from a few of the movies as well and it's sort of like well they live in like an alternate reality non-linear time the um tardigrades and like the Mm -hmm. spore network and stuff um and then so like it's just it's it's not linear because that's how tardigrades work. They are not linear. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's tons of references. We see Khan as in the, from the wrath of Khan. Um, we see tribbles a bunch. Uh, we see Sulu with his um, sword, which is from the what's that episode where um, <laughs> The naked time, the naked time where they get this like intoxicated and they all basically are drunk and do crazy things. Uh, and Sulu runs around shirtless with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? We see giant uh, Abraham Lincoln from uh, yes. Savage Kurt uh, from the Doomsday Machine. I think. Oh no, the Tholian Web. 
Ugh, I don't, I'm not super familiar with original series episodes. I've seen them, but I don't know them super well. Um, what else do we see? We see like the Green Hand of Apollo from Who Mourns for Adonis. We've seen the Doomsday Machine from the episode The Doomsday Machine. We see the Reliant from Star Trek II. We see Krug's Bird of Prey from Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. I did not memorize all of this, by the way. This is me <laughs> reading Memory Alpha because it's amazing. I would also like to just tell everybody for their own enjoyment that I watched this short full of Easter eggs on Easter. Aww, um, so cute. Which I didn't do on purpose, I'm just remembering now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Adorable. Um, yeah, and then and it also has um, like archive voices of William Shatner and George Takai and Ricardo Maltelman. Um, and then uh, there's a narrator in the computer voice. So there's a little bit of dialogue, but not mm-hmm. very uh-huh. much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. It's so good. Um, yeah, and then at the you know at the end everything ends great, and there's little baby tardigrades. <laughs> yeah. So let's so talk cute. about that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good place to real start. Real tardigrades. Real tardigrades. They're also known as water bears or moss piglets, which is adorable. So cute. They're really cute. Look, if you've seen the episode, they look exactly like that, except they're teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. Yeah. Um, and they can live through anything, basically. Yeah, like, they have been found to have, like, gone to space and come back. They can live around tons of radiation, high temperature, low temperature, get totally dehydrated. Like, yeah, they can live through almost anything, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And do they know? do lay eggs. Okay, well, that's yeah. good, then. Yeah. Um, I guess we don't really know what their behavior as a... So, yeah, they, I don't know much about parenting. Um, so the eggs hatch really quickly. Like, it only takes a couple weeks. And then um, the crazy weird thing about tardigrades that's pretty unusual, but I don't know exactly how unusual, is that they, like, all individuals of a species have the exact same number of cells. That is so weird. And they are born with the same number of cells. Which is so crazy. Weird. Yeah. Like, what? But is it... I don't know. I'm sure it's on here. Is it a lot of cells or is it like five? I don't know how many cells it is. It's quite a lot because they do have like fairly complex brains. Um, okay. The, the... So it's not like amoebas all have the same amount of cells because, you know, it's one. there's two. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, it's so eutelic organisms or it's called eutely, E-U-T-E-L-Y, eutely. They have a fixed number of somatic cells, um, constant for a species, rotifers, okay, like nematodes. Are unicellular. I yeah. couldn't remember. Oh, I which said one that. Was yeah. Multi and which one was not. <laughs> um, Param- Paramecium. Okay. The um, nematodes, like it, the model organism uh, C. elegans, which is used to study so many things, have 1,031 cells. Yeah, so they have 1,031 cells. I would say that tardigrades are like in that neck of the woods. Okay. Um, so that makes that makes yeah. it a little bit weirder. Like if yeah, if it's an amoeba or something that has two cells. Then it's uh, yeah no it's le- in the less fascinating lots. Um, they have a shared ancestor with arthropods, which would include insects. Um, they do have like an exoskeleton-ish thing. They have it's a cuticle. Um, yeah, and like they do have fairly complex bodies. Like they have a full digestive tract. They have a full brain, which um, we didn't talk about the episode "The Wolf Inside," which is sort of the later episode when the tardigrades come back, um, mainly just because that episode's crazy and the context that you would need to understand anything in that episode is a lot (laughs) Um, (laughs) but basically we learned that they have brains and we learn a bit more about how they control 
or like how they um, can have control of their movement within the, the um, spore network. Yeah, so we learn about their brains and it, there's kind of a happy ending for Ripper as far, I think. Oh, I shouldn't say that for sure. It's been a while since I watched that episode. Anyways, I hope that there's a happy ending. Um, there's not a happy ending for a lot of other people in that episode, but... Um, and actually, that's a really hard episode to watch because of other stuff that we won't talk about. Um, okay. Yes. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. Um, but real tardigrades have survived all five mass extinctions. Yeah. Which is uh, ridiculous. Crazy. They live up to two years, not like one has lasted for this entire no. time. The species. No. And like they have evolved a lot, they think, from mm-hmm. like 500 million yeah, years is, ago or whatever yeah, when they first evolved. Like, yeah. All, all the other larger animals that we know that have lasted a long time through some yeah. of the extinctions and have evolved, they've also evolved because that's just how oh, it goes. That's what happens. It's, that's how evolution it's, works. Well, and it's entropy. Like, yeah. Um, there. So I, for a long time, thought that there was just like tardigrades was like one or two species. No, there's 1,300 species of tardigrades that are known. And there's probably way, way, way more than that. Um, taxonomy on this thing. They're crazy. I looked at it and I was like, I don't know any of those words. Um, Tardigrades can last up to 151 centimeter, uh, degrees Celsius for a few minutes. And yeah. 30 years at minus 20. Yeah. Which is a weird um, like thing to study, but, you know, science got a science. Well, exactly. And, like, it probably is more than 30, but that's just what the la- that's the longest that they've revived them after being frozen. Um, they, oh yeah, so... They go into this, like, cryptobiotic state. Um, There's a really great video that we're going to link in the show notes. It's done by, like, TEDx, and it's uh, got animations, and it's about how they can survive, basically, with no water. Like, especially small micro... Like, small organisms, like, need water because they their surface area is so high that they're, the water all evaporates really quickly. So if they're not exposed to water, they totally dry out. But tardigrades are like, yeah, we got this. Um, and basically they replace the water around, because like inside of cell, there's like moist like liquid that has, is mostly water that keeps things like inflated and not like collapsing and keeps like things where they're supposed to be. And they just replace the water with something else. That's so weird. It's so weird. Like, Anyways, this video is amazing. And why? Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah, so they just come back. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so, yeah, we don't have, like, a huge fossil specimen, but they have found a few from the Cam- Cambrian um, period, and they found some in amber, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's probably how they know that they've evolved because they can, they, they wouldn't be able to see the DNA. We talked about that in our Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park episode. episode, but they would be able to see the morphology of them from that. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. What else do we want to talk about? So in this, we can talk about how microscopes haven't changed. True. In the whatever amount of years. It was like it 250 to... years, maybe? Like, it's, it's like the 2200s, yeah. I think. Yeah. So... Yeah, in her lab, it's just a normal looking microscope just sitting there because set dressers don't really understand how what labs look like, even in the future. But that's fine. True fact. Yeah, like you have you have this fancy scanner thing and like the tardigrades anatomy is up on the computer, but yeah, let me have a microscope. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird that like it's still like a lens based microscope when they have so much other tech. Um, yeah. But then it's also like that shortcut of like, well, now you know it's a microscope. Exactly. Um, now you know that science is going to be happening. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, there is actually a lot of, like, 
old school looking like the set design in this is so different than um especially the original series like i think the original series they were trying to be so futuristic and then got like Mm. completely overwritten by you know people being inspired by the series to make like flip phones and all that so i think in this one they just like ipads gave up a little bit not gave up but like rather than trying to invent tech just were like let's just make it look cool rather than yeah like try to curve yeah the tardigrade ripper makes whale noises oh yeah i don't think they think they're they're more orca-ish but i did feel that it was an homage to voyage home um yeah it was pretty quick so i don't know if people who didn't notice whale noises often um would have caught on (laughs) <laughs> just sitting here listening to whale noises so it's how we roll how yep. we roll um uh oh yeah so in this episode the tardigrade lives in um a fungal alternate dimension mm. universe mm-hmm. something confusing hand wavy science yeah. um uh-huh. on earth wonderflonium <laughs> on earth they live kind of everywhere um the easiest place if you want to like look at a tardigrade under a microscope which you can do if you find a bigger one you can do under like a pretty like low-key like i don't know my niece has a fisher price microscope that would probably be good enough if you focused it well um yeah go get a fisher price microscope and do some science (laughs) well if i can ever go to ontario to see her i will try (laughs) and uh yeah so if you basically like in a sort of wild body of water like non-chlorinated water if you put some moss or find some moss and you um looked at that on the microscope there's pretty good odds that you'd have a tardigrade in there um, among all kinds of other crazy 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 stuff mm-hmm. uh they will eat kind of anything they have these like stylets to pierce cells and then they can like suck the stuff out of plant cells algae smaller invertebrates um we'll link to a video of uh like microscopic videography um on uh, the channel journey to the microcosmos and it's very cool because you can see all kinds of crazy stuff do you have any other tardigrade questions i don't think so it's you know it's just like hand wavy science and yeah. they, the writers discovered a thing that looked cool and they're like let's make this big yeah basically which is kind of how they how star trek does um i liked how like pretty accurate they made it like they didn't yeah, I yeah, don't know. no, like, totally looks like a tardigrade. Yeah, like they definitely the um, not mm-hmm. just the body scan thing on the computer, but the actual actual ripper looks mm-hmm. like a tardigrade. So that's really cool. Yeah. Like he's got the fun mouth bits and yeah, and the vacuumy mouth and like all of that stuff and and it's yeah, they're just like really cute, which and, is weird. Mm-hmm. So cute. I really like how they make them kind of intelligent. Um, like yeah, they, they basically they're trying to invent this like supercomputer to understand and be able to traverse the spore drive spore network and instead they use a tardigrade because it's like smart as a supercomputer which is really cool um mm-hmm. but yeah like we were talking about they have like i would say relatively complex brains for a tiny organism um they have like multiple lobed um like two-sided multi-lobed brain super crazy um obviously there's not like a great way for us to study how intelligent or like smart actual tardigrades are but it based on the like structure of their brain they're you know they have more than just like a couple ganglia like nerve clusters they have an actual brain so mm-hmm. that's cool. yeah and i think like it's one of those things where it's super cool and cute and you because it's got legs and an obvious face and mouth mm-hmm. 
most people would see it and understand it and see it as an animal and then but not necessarily know that it's real and then when she talks about it in the show about how it's similar to something that they find on earth people might actually go and learn things about these animals that most people probably don't know about yeah totally um but it's definitely it's one it's a a charismatic megafauna but just except not mega yeah charismatic microfauna (laughs) it's very micro so cute um but it is. It's super charismatic looking, yeah. and I would have one as a pet if it was an appropriate size and not angry. Yes, if I could get a, a, a house hippo-sized one. Exactly. <laughs> Rather than an actual <laughs> hippo-sized one. Um, yes. Well, because so, it would it would fit in well with my house hippo. Indeed. Indeed. So I, I have my all, house hippo. I can see it right now. They can all go to sleep <laughs> on a bed of Kleenex. Oh, yay. This is a very <laughs> Canadian inside joke for all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, okay the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about which doesn't have anything to do with tardigrades but does have to do with like weird science is um, in the end of Context is for Kings we see a little bit of Captain Lorca's like laboratory office kind of setup and unlike most captains that we've met in Star Trek um, his office is real creepy it's full Mm -hmm. of like um, the bodies of two... Car- I'm looking this up on Memory Alpha, so good job there. Um, two Cardassian voles, which are, like, voles. Um, a tribble in the middle of a dissection, like a preserved tribble. And a oh. Gorn skeleton, which is, like, a human... Uh, like, bipedal alien that they meet in the original series. Um, oh. So it's kind of like the first sign that... Um, He's a Slytherin? Yeah, that not all is as we might assume about Captain Lorca. Um, I will he warn you, no Picard. He's no Picard. No, I will warn you in these memory alpha. Like if you haven't watched all of it, super spoilery. They assume that you've watched everything. So, so just an FYI on that. Um, but I thought that was cool. It was neat to have like stuff that was um, recognizable if you mm-hmm. paused it. Yeah, I love when people create shows or animated shorts or whatever that have easter eggs in them that are smart easter eggs yeah and totally you can get them and they don't like they don't cost you anything it just shows you how nerdy the people working on the show are as well which makes you feel like you're in safe hands oh the people making the show like love star trek and that really yeah is great for me um, and now I want to watch Discovery again. Um, might happen. Might happen. You have time! I do! Shocking. Um, I'm watching Halt and Catch Fire right now because, I don't know, it's just okay. great. I don't know, it feels... That's good. I don't, I haven't really enjoyed, other than Shit's Creek, because it's a beautiful, magical place. Um, watching shows that take place now-ish has been weird. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. So, But Halt and Catch Fire is good because it's like in the 80s and early 90s. And Star Trek's good because it's Star Trek. I think that probably brings us to the end of our Tardigrade episode. Yep, um, a little weird, but it was a little weird. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it was hard because I was trying to talk about stuff without spoiling Thanks. it, but and also trying uh-huh. to talk about it without really understanding how the spore drives work because just because nobody exactly really. <laughs> just say these floopity floop yep. words. Science. Tech- no babble. Um, and I didn't go to techno babble school. 
Um, But if you have other uh, Star Trek questions that I can use to build episodes around and make Lindsay watch more Star Trek, uh, (laughs) you should hit us up on social media at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. Yep, and we will be back in two weeks with an episode that will make complete sense if you go to the calendar right now and look at what two weeks from this day is um, and figure it out yourself. You're a scientist. You can do it. Yay, yay. (laughs) And we'll see you then for an exciting time. Otherwise, stay home. Wash your hands. Clean your phone. Yes, clean your phone. And your keys. Clean your keys. Watch Star Trek. And look after (laughs) each other. Yeah. Aw. Okay. Bye, friends. Bye.